So this is on 29th of September. This is just before Lee and everybody went back to America. It was a seminar at Maison <coughs> Did you go over that already? No. So I had 10 pages of notes. I have something. But he started off, the room was packed, and he started off. I think this is the, uh, I don't know. He said, I would have had 15 more people in this room. Yeah. So this was wall-to-wall people at Maison Raphael, and the conflict of being comfortable versus um, letting people from the association of Maison Raphael who wanted to come to the seminar, limiting them coming for the sake of comfort was quite contrary to the teaching that we use at the Western Bible tradition. So we just started off saying, I would have had 15 more people in this room. It was less people than last week. It's an issue of the year. He uses that, he uses that for teaching lessons for them a lot. So Lee said, everything has already been said, meaning he's already said everything. If you have a problem, if you are struggling, it is because you did not hear it. If you did not hear it, it is because you did not want to hear it. If you are not awake, it is because you'd rather be asleep. That's the formula. There is no how. You hear it, you do it. The formula is accept what is, not to accept what you imagine is. People say, I feel blank, whatever, I feel whatever. I know that's what you feel, but that's not what's going on. <laughs> Any questions? <laughs> Okay. That's a great quote. <laughs> he's, he said, he said that to me in a number of different ways on various occasions. Yeah. Yeah. He's personalized it a bit more. But. I know that's what you feel, but that's not what's going on. No, what? <laughs> well, then. Excuse me. You have already expelled one person from this place. <laughs> If you want the teaching, you do whatever you have to do to get it. If what you have to do embarrasses you, too bad. It is not the teacher's job to run down the aisle after you and make sure everything <coughs> suits your sensibilities. No. <laughs> the teacher The teacher has zero responsibility for you to get the teaching. I'll say that again. I think you wrote that one down for me. I did? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll review it. Say again. If you want the teaching, you do whatever you have to do to get it. If what you have to do embarrasses you, too bad. It is not the teacher's job to run down the aisle after you and make sure everything suits your sensibilities, meaning your feelings. The teacher has zero responsibility for you to get the teaching. The teacher is always putting out the teaching, always. Every breath, 
every gesture when they are sleeping always. The teacher has no personal investment in individuals getting the teaching. Do you know what that means? He doesn't, he doesn't care about one person getting the teaching. He just His job is to put out the teaching. Quote, We think the teacher makes lessons, especially for us. He does not. What for? We are not that important. The teacher lives the teaching as it is. It is not the teacher's job to make sure to greet everyone by name, trying to make friends or make sure everyone knows he loves them and knows they are there. It's your job to get the teaching. It is a heroic act to educate children properly in this society. Is this a new like, conversation he's having, or is it right after he said all that stuff? It's pretty much right after. I don't think there was any questions. It was, uh, this is dense. He was. It was very dense. This is after a whole summer of delivering the teaching. So it is dense. Here it goes. It is a heroic act to educate children properly in this society. It takes real courage. We live in an anti-child world. Children require sensitivity, attention, and affection. We don't have time for that shit. We are too selfish. We are too busy establishing our material fortress. Thanks, Alrun. I lay down for my children and let them walk all over me. My children are more important to me than the teaching. We are all pawns. You know what a pawn is? In chess? In the game of chess? The front guys? The pawns. What's that called in Spanish? Peones. Peones, okay. Peones. Peones, yeah. Peones. Peones. I know, but we say English. In, in English, we have the word peon, P-E-O-N, and it means like a little person, like not important. Disposable. You can do a lot with peons. Yeah. So we are all pawns. All of us. Pawns. It's the fur. Peons. Pissants. Peasants. And the peons can be a king. You mean when you change him into yeah. a king? Yeah. And go to the other side. Yeah. That's not what Lee said. I know. I'm <laughs> talking about the playing the game. Okay. Yeah. In chess, the, the, the front line, the little guys, they're called pawns. Oh, so, we are all pawns, all of us, from the highest to the lowest. Life is a chess game, but there are no opponents. I think that's what it says. There are no opponents. The game goes on. It is the indigestion of God. This hell world of war and crime, brutality and suffering just goes on. We are stuck in the lower intestines of God. We are just shit. Arnaud radiates. Every time I see him, I'm inspired. For me, everything is fucked. I can't wait to get the hell out of this hell world. 
You are lucky you're not my student. Of course, the problem is, wherever you go, there you are. So when I die, I'm not expecting a tunnel filled with light with Jesus at the end. I'm expecting a tunnel with a giant rat at the end saying, Come here, baby, you're mine. Yogi Ram Surak Kumar is dead now, and when he died, I became the man. I am the man. There is nobody else. But there are hundreds of Westerners who have the same pretensions to grandeur that I had before he told me to go away. But they aren't willing to go the distance. Before he sent me away and didn't remember me, I was nothing, just ego. And he gave the same esoteric gifts to hundreds of people that he gave to me when he first met me. Incredible gifts he threw in their lap. A door to heaven he opened up for them. And it fucking pisses me off. Because I was just another one of those nameless, faceless Westerners. Ego hates it that others got the same thing. But I am the only Westerner who walked through the door that followed to the end. Every other Westerner went to Yogi Ramsarat Kumar, and they got those jewels and put them in their pack. Then they went to Satya Sai Baba and got more jewels and put those jewels into their little pack. Then to uh, Nijagardatta Maharaj and Mahanandamai Ma and Punjaji and Rajneesh Osho and Ramana and Muktananda and got Shaktipat. That's why nobody went through the door. They went around collecting credentials. I was not collecting credentials. I knew all these people, and none of these people were interesting to me. It was a choice I made for monogamy. Monogamy. No other paths. No distractions. The mind goes crazy. Fuck the mind. The mind has a mantra. It's this. Nice tits. <laughs> I keep my commitments. How does that go again? No, just kidding. He was nice. Out of the town. The teacher puts out the teaching. It's your responsibility to get it if you want it. You are an illusion. The teacher knows that. <laughs> People cannot be given the teaching. They have to take it. The teaching is always being given. It is 100% your responsibility to get it. It is the teacher's responsibility to put it out. You have to go through the door. The door is wide open. There is no how. Just move. Just go ahead. Just do it. <coughs> When Yogi Ram Surat Kumar sent me away, I made a conscious decision that he was my teacher and he still remains my teacher. That decision turned me into his disciple. You cannot be a disciple if you have not come to resolve within yourself about the teacher's humanity. If you think he is brilliant, kind, etc., but just human, you can never be a disciple. Only if you decide that the Master is human and something more. 
my human guru died in 1986 when he sent me away. Two years later, when the human contact started again, it was fantastic, irreplaceable, but not necessary. So the door is open. The teacher keeps the door open, but it's the student's responsibility to walk through the door. That was Saturday morning. Right. <laughs> yeah, the sword. Was the whole seminar that strong? Pretty much. Pretty much. There were questions that kind of watered it down. But, yeah. It was like that. That was at Mesa Mafeo. Uh, any other questions or considerations? So I wanted to have a, you know, this is sort of a first. This is our, uh, we have everybody here yes. tonight. So I wanted to start off with something special tonight in terms of an after-dinner talk, which would be um, to use practical applications of the teaching with regards to who we are being here together at the ashram and in the um, Western Baal tradition here at Fermi Jutro. So the invitation then would be to consider um, like how it's going or what's going on or you know that in uh, Porna's school they use the question for inquiry, instead of using the question, who am I kidding, they use the question, what's really going on? So that's kind of the mood of the um, evening. I'd like to invite us into considering what's really going on in terms of um, being here together and sort of getting started as um, we go into the winter time here and um, prepare for celebration and um, prepare for next summertime when everybody comes back here. So, are there any considerations about um, personal observations about how we've been being? One idea that I had that I wanted to share was you get something together like an ashram and it's sort of a source of light in the world. It's a, it radiates. And when you radiate, what that does naturally and by law, lawfully, is simultaneously attracts certain sort of energetic entities that like to feed off of that kind of radiation, that brilliance. So, always around the ashram are a bunch of hungry entities ready to feed off of anybody any scraps of food that we would offer to them or um, unwarily meaning accidentally quote unquote accidentally meaning unconsciously whatever feed to them they would come and eat off of that so 
our work here together, in part, is to pay attention to the possibility that um, we're consciously choosing what we're feeding. Are we feeding the ashram, or are we feeding kind of the hungry ghost entities that come around and want to feed off of the ashram? And um, we could be doing either one at any moment. So that was one consideration I wanted to throw out. <coughs> Andrea? Yeah, um, in that connection, I was wondering about, um, I mean, for myself, like when you and when you are not there, there is the rest of us who have to show up in a different way to deal with these energies. And so far, almost, I mean, it, I find it very difficult, like, almost every time, at some point, some the energy is blown off. And I was wondering what we could do if we could be more prepared for that as a group together to have attention on that and stay focused and, and to deal with these energies. So, so I have an idea about that. Go ahead. Um, based on some questions we had asked Lalit some years ago when she was here, because we were finding that we had, we were, as a group or individually, having some pretty major breakdowns after seminar, and we have seminar here every month. So, she had suggested a couple things. One was. Um, that, that kind of tie together that she's seen that enough in Arizona to know you know that that, that goes on and that we needed to just remember that because that's kind of what, what it's mm -hmm. said there there would be a certain breakdown after this this big amount of energy here and she suggested a really practical thing and that was, writing ourselves a letter and sealing it shut that says to that we open after the seminar you know individually um, that this this breakdown in having is not new this is what generally happens because we were always surprised like holy cow look at this now we have the breakdown after we had this great seminar now we're having we're fighting on Monday morning and Basically, it was like, get real with what is. But another thing, like one of the things that I had suggested at that time was that we, and I'll, I'll say that I often speak about chamber work, and I think that for the most part I don't really know what I'm talking about, but I'll just risk to put that out there again, is I feel like a seminar or a celebration creates a certain chamber within the chamber of the ashram and that if we don't close that chamber at the end of this uh, of the the weekend that there's like this door open for basically energies that aggravate the cramp and so part of what I observed in Arizona with certain people was um, what they did the Monday morning after celebration. Some people were vacuuming, dusting off the bookshelves, picking up all the lost and found stuff and putting it in a box, 
going back on the diet straight away and getting life back to normal, not in a neurotic way, but in a functional way, like Lee does. Lee's just like Monday morning, he is back on schedule, back on the diet. And I'm not saying don't help eat the leftovers up, but there's a way that that we can um, keep ourselves in practice that helps with that. So when when you're saying that that happens when Clint and I particularly are gone in the wintertime and Lee's not physically here, I think it's also a matter of remembering, okay, maybe there'll be some some breakdown and don't take it so personally or um, operate in a different way, stay in the practice in a, in a focused way, whether the practice is um, a personal practice of vacuuming the entryway or <clears throat> showing up minutes before the meal, you know, like just, I, I think practice is really grounds us. And that I really feel like people here are practitioners enough and grown up enough that there's um, it's time for that to really shift. Yeah, I'm I'm bringing this up because um, I want to go in that direction that you know that I personally I don't want to be afraid every time when you're leaving and like be like this kid who is afraid that mom and dad are leaving. Yeah, maybe that's a good place to kind of look at that. That might generate even some of some of what's going on, the the childhood stuff. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and I bring this up because I want to have something different happen. Yeah, it's great. And and yeah, otherwise I would just say it in a different way. Like, what can I do to keep you here? You know, I, I don't. Know. Well, that's you know, in, in in one sense, in one sense that that has happened some, but it's time for that to shift. Right. To, you know, that's like, that, that's I want to make that clear. That's you know, that, that 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 Clint and I, the way I have seen it, like the last year and a half, is that the ashram's not a baby anymore. The ashram's the ashram's a toddler. You know, maybe even bigger than that. But when, when a person has a baby, especially in our school, there's 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 a certain time period where you don't leave that baby, even with anybody else or somebody very close, maybe. But um, and then there's a point where where you can leave the baby with in the care of other people. And I think that the ashram's really at that point and beyond even. And that. Yeah, you know, it's time for us to kind of look deeper, and for for Clint and I, and particularly for me anyway, to look deeper into to my own resistance about going out and leaving and so on. So you know, those two those two hook into each other really well. It's an interesting um, model that you're saying this this idea of the children and the parents, because the difference between the children and the parents is the only difference really is responsibility, and a responsibility is a side effect of consciousness, but at least you can look at responsibility. Then you go, well, okay, what you could do is just um, 
you know, we're really busy, all of us. We have jobs to do. We've got more than we can do. So, you know, Arun's running the kitchen and part of the garden and part of the food room and whatever, the library, and you're running the whole office and all the finances and the phones and the phone schedule and, and like, all this, you know, there's big stuff. Everybody has all this stuff. And it's really easy to go, okay, that's enough responsibility for me. That is more than enough responsibility for me. And then blo energetically block out a relationship to any other responsibility than that because we think that that's as more than we can handle. And the invitation then, if you want to take the next step, is choose radical responsibility, which means I'm responsible for everything all the time, regardless of whether mom and dad are here. And then all of a sudden, you're not child anymore. That makes a huge difference. So what that requires is splitting your attention so that even in maximum overload with everything that's on your bench to do, even with breakdown and problems and conflicts and all of that, you still have 5 or 10% of your attention on being responsible for everything, which includes you walk out the door and there's a piece of litter on the ground, you pick it up. Or, you know, that something's spilled over, you, you know, you handle it. The, whatever the little thing is that looks like extra responsibility, um, you just also include that and um, you've, you've, what you'll find is that you aren't who you think you are, which is what Lee was saying in that newsletter, is that you are an illusion. We are, we are an illusion. And so the illusion that we use on ourselves is we keep ourselves as we are, and our system is dedicated to keeping ourselves as we are. And if we um, if we're willing, if we want to do the experiment, like you're talking about, of not being children, then um, taking responsibility for everything, all the time, all at the same time, will um, allow us to discover other parts of ourselves that we don't maybe re recognize or realize that we are before. Um, yeah. Can I clarify? Also, also you were going to say something too. What? Go yeah, ahead. just. Um, that, that this is kind of an open meeting, so it's, it doesn't need to be just Clint and I speaking to whoever has, has something, because I think that all of our input is valuable. I would just, um, I wanted to add just a little bit actually to, to um, a different facet of something that Clint is saying, that's mm -hmm. like to really question what responsibility is and, and because our ultimate responsibility is actually not necessarily to the phones or the schedules or to um, you know whatever busy things we we have to do here, but but the deeper responsibility. Um, you know something. There's a. It's it's like there's a there's a very important place to, to be working in there, uh, and and it's and it has nothing to do with whether Clint and Brenda are here. You know, it's really about like being willing to step into adulthood and maturity with whoever, you know, with whoever we're with. Yeah, I don't think it's a personal issue. I mean, part of it is because of my fear about it. 
but I think it's bigger than that. I think because even though, even if I would act as a mature adult, there would be still a confrontation with some energies that are like what Clint was, was describing, mm -hmm. that we have to hold what they are holding. It's like energetically when, when some people leave, somebody else has to hold this. And of course if we all are acting as adults, then probably it's no problem to do that. Mm -hmm. but I've just got a little bit scared that it is my personal problem. Well, I'm not but really it is, but it is and it's everybody's, if that's happening, it's everybody's personal problem. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, you know, wherever that's happening, it's a personal problem, you oh, know. There, there are different pieces to it, Andre, and oh. that's just, you know, that's one particular piece okay. that, you know, that, that that looks like it belongs to you. Okay. Okay. So okay. you know there are mm -hmm. other there, you know there's power tripping pieces. There's there's you know from my end maybe lack of clear instructions when I leave or the assumption that that things will be more evenly spread out or yeah just unclear communications or my own yeah I mean everybody's got their own little part yeah. in it so that that's happening is personal to, to each of us. Yeah. Well, the responsibility is not um, controlling. It's, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think what Debbie said, like it's really for everybody to examine what that means and what um, what, you know, what happens for us psychologically when we get a title or when we get called a source person or, you know, what do we do with that? What do we do with that and what authority do we give ourselves? What's real authority? What's made up authority? I mean, all those issues come into play with with that power stuff. And, and essentially, just something that you said about what Clint and I hold, I think there that is true that we hold something, but it, or it looks that way, but really it, it's Lee. It's Lee holding all of us in this whole ashram, and I, I couldn't be here if, if he wasn't doing that. You know, it's, um, and so, really, we can, we can put our attention on him and just ask for help, either in the form of a prayer or saying his name or internally chanting or... Yeah, I think that, that is true, and at the same time, like if the two authority persons leave, then something happens energetically, yeah. like you said, the whatever. Yeah, it happens for, it happens here when they leave, so yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing when he leaves in front of the ashram, yeah. it's the same thing. And I also, I thought about that, but what he was saying a lot, um, um, next day of the seminar or so, because that's something actually I feel like being confronted with from different corners about how I expand myself to hold my, more energy. Um, 
I don't. I'm not really asking this. I, I'm. I'm just saying that I feel that's something I need to work on myself. And we're not having those big breakdowns anymore after celebrations. And this year, after Lee left, things went very smoothly here. The moving in. Mm. I don't know. We kind of. We just. We just did most of it before the work seminar came. We were we were mostly done with what had to be done, what what was crucial before the wet weather came, and I, I found that we did that pretty easily. It went well. Yeah, and that you know that just just to you know, for me I sometimes really focus on the negative stuff, so it's it's also good to look at like, okay, that's. That's some stuff we did we did learn, even mm -hmm. though we, we were having meetings just like this about those same things. Like, what are we going to do about this? And I think also, um, but I'm also exhausted after a seminar, just physically, because this is really work, much work we have to do and not yeah. much sleep, and it's kind of natural that the body needs some, some rest after, and I think you should also acknowledge that. Yeah. It's not really breakdown, it's just... Yeah, I don't mean the need yeah. to rest more. It was the emotional yeah. outburst. Yeah. 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 What I feel when uh, you're not here is, is really the power struggle most that we all we are all in, and I think that's for me that's the main issue. What also happened on Sunday is what power struggle. I mean, who is in charge of what? And when you're not, he I mean, you hold the ashram for Lee, so you're the space holder for Lee. And when you're not here, we have to be the space holder for Lee. And I don't know if you design one special person to be in charge of, of, especially or not. So this wasn't clear for. Um, this wasn't clear for me or. I know that Alhun was in, in charge of the teaching meeting, but otherwise I don't know who was in charge of what, or if somebody was in charge of specifically holding the space here. But that's my experience of all the weekends when you're gone and I'm here. It's like, well, who is... Yeah. A actually, it wasn't that it slipped my mind before I left. It was really more of an experiment. Oh. And just it, you know, it it can be one way or the other. Oh, you, you know, nobody's in charge, or that person's in charge, and why, you know? And then and then the battle starts just with that one person. So it was kind of like for me, I I don't know if that's a necessity when Clinton and are gone that there's one person in charge. I, I didn't mean that. To say I didn't mean to say that. Okay, um, so maybe I just need some like management coaching in those areas, but I also, yeah, I, I know some of the fuzzy edges you're referring to. Um, I've, oftentimes when, when we've gone, Andrea has been in charge and it's, She's been oftentimes the only person here who could drive. Um, um, the person who knew where, could speak French, 
um, not that other people that all women can't speak French, but she she knows the office things. She knows people who would call. She knows a lot of the business with me, and. Um, Lee's also empowered that is, you know, that that sh that she'll pay attention to certain details. Actually, you know, it's, it's details. It's not necessarily a sign of an emotional maturity, but but a sign of um, that the, the the crucial things will get handled in a certain way. So. And I, I, I think it's, it's time here. Maybe you know, again, maybe I need to run that by Lee too. But it feels like it's time that we don't necessarily need to have one person overlooking everything. But um, we'll see. I think that this issue of responsibility is what Lee says is the most valuable issue that we all take responsibility to for being and for continuing to what? to have this ashram going on like Lee has intended it and like you intended and it, it gets really tricky when when that happens because um, what we have to do individually then is make a distinction between what ego wants and thinks is how it's supposed to be and therefore is being responsible for having it be that way and what is what the space wants <clears throat> and it, it's not it's not difficult to make that distinction it's a bodily sensation so it's really easy to tell when ego is feeding and when we're feeding the space when we're when ego is feeding it's like um, a form of taking and when when take not being, I don't mean that is bad. I just it's an ex energetic experience when we are taking or consuming or devouring the energy in the space. The ego is feeding on the space. Then that's different from us serving the space and and following the instructions of the the space being the ashram or being Lee's influence or divine influence. And so it's really easy to make that distinction individually but it's also easy to pretend like to not know it's easy to hand the keys the keys to the car over to our ego and our ego will just you know do what ego does yeah I did have a feeling that I was kind of serving the space in telling you that because I didn't do it impulsively. I waited, I thought back and forth, should I go? And finally I decided to go. This is concerning the what, what happened on, on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, and I just said to you, that's too much, and you, you were the, the one who reacted and said, it's my business. And then, then there came, there came this, the whole interaction. I don't want to speak about that here right now. I don't think it's the, the time and space for that because we I can go back and forth. And well, it's a, a practical could, example. Yeah, I think it is. Of the yeah, because as with that, I didn't say anything. So okay, and I think you. Um, 
it is also important that you get a feeling how that, that, that was, that you just grabbed all this passat. So I just, um, it was, can I interject something yeah. in about that situation? Because I think, um, I think it, it won't be so great for you to just start trying to prove which one was right or wrong, but um, I think one Like the art of timing is really a refined thing of when we're going to say, when, when we offer feedback. So that's one thing, skillful means. Um, and like what part of the communication that I got about that situation was, um, well, Brenda does this, or Lee, Lee does it. And what I would invite people to do if, um, is to pay closer attention to what's really happening and why, and to question what we think we're seeing. And I'm probably not being very clear, so I could, I could be more specific, you know. I guess it is more like... Um, this is the thing first, how can I serve? And in, the, in, that, in that context, serve becomes like, what is the common sense to serve? And who I'm serving? To myself or others? Yeah, to let you think what you said. So, I, yeah, I, I think that it's really easy for us to see Lee do something and think we know what he's doing. We interpret what he's doing, and, um, or yeah, I, 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 well, I don't know. For that matter, to see anybody do anything and think that we know what they're doing and why. Yeah. So I, mean, uh, I can only like I'm struggling with this because I'm I'm working with some feedback too about justification, but I. So I'll, I'll just put this out in, right, Claire, I'll, I'll put out some detailed stuff about that situation. Um, one thing is that I, I rarely take Prasad out of the Darshan Hall unless I've been instructed by Lee or there's a, a specific children's thing happening where there's something that I'm going to take and give it to them. Otherwise, it's, it's just part of protocol that um, that it it's kind of distributed and served after after the Pujari brings it out or Lee himself in the summertime and um, there's there's time like there's time in between the ending of Darshan and tea there's a specific kind of and some of that stuff just hasn't been communicated clearly from me to you in, in like like giving you some um, training around that, I guess. Um, the other thing is that Lee also doesn't hand me Prasad for tea unless, again, it's the same reason for the children or that I have to make something with it. So, 
So I would just like in in that using that situation as like a springboard for other situations is when we're watching something happen, we we really have to be much much more attentive to details and like drawing conclusions about what's happening um, gets us into trouble. And I mean, in in that situation, I also see that. Um, there's some confusion about what it means to be a source person. So, when we're sourcing, that doesn't mean that nobody can give us feedback about our job. But there's also a way that, you know, there's two sides about it, is that a source person, including myself, needs to be open to input. And, um, and on the other end, a source person needs to be empowered to be able to do their job and they need to be able to make their own mistakes. And that's kind of the conflict that I, I, I've kind of deducted what's going on this weekend, too, was some feedback coming that wasn't wanted and and on the other end, the source person not being able to just make their own mistakes. And some um, unclear communication from me. <coughs> There's um, another way we can tell when uh, what we're what we're serving, whether it's our own ego or whether we're serving something bigger than that is the results that are created because the results don't lie the results if the results produce conflict or um, competition or scarcity or people being cramped up or um, breakdown or you know that kind of if the results produce that then clearly what we're serving is that which feeds off of that which would be ego and if the results are um, some a relaxation rather than attention. Like if attention happens as a result, then it's an ego thing. And if it's a if it's a um, a relaxation that occurs because or a um, a um, completion or, or a completed communication or a resolution or a clarity or a um, uh, coming together rather than a separating, like an inclusion happens. If, some, if an inclusion happens, then that's not an ego thing, because an ego is into, you know, a separation thing. Can so, I ask you a question mm-hmm. about that? How does one then, I mean, how do you deal with the idea of that everybody's not going to be pleased with every decision? Because that's that's common. Mm-hmm. That there's there's you know there's not like we don't we don't vote on a lot of decisions here. Like you know a lot of decisions just out now get made by me or you. And mm-hmm. you know there are some things that we talk about and make decisions about. But um, so so how that happens is still again through the results. The, the overall result. Okay. If you okay. look at Lee, you know, Lee, like this talk that he was giving that we were reading from, and it was really hard. And it was, this, a lot of stuff he does is sudden or shocking or, um, 
people get offended, people, you know, but in, but if you back off just a little bit and look at the overall results, you can see kind of, there's, there's it's a bigger picture thing. So evolution is happening, you can see it happening, but it's working, serving something other than ego. And there is a grain of truth, truth in it. Um, if you really are, are acting completely out, without ego, completely pure, then it might only be a momentary um, breakdown or displeasure, but overall the person will not be, be offended. So if there is really breakdown on the other side, there might be um, always something, some ego. In the, in the person who has processed this process. Who of us is acting really purely? I mean, yeah, yeah, you, you just, yeah. sure, that's uh, who of us? It's nobody, true. I think. Yeah, I will not say that I was, was completely uh, selfless. It, it, was, it was, I was pretty, pretty committed to, uh, I, I had my missing also, that's, I will admit that. Yeah, related to the results, let's say that when you know you have a good game when you play, you know, and, and, and the answer is by the response of the audience. The audience responds, you know, if you have a great day, you're acting a great day, yeah, or, or, or a daily life with people around you, your family, your yeah. younger brothers. Yeah. And then by the response of the, of the people around us, when you know that you're acting within the context. And hopefully, if you are always trying to please everybody, that will show up in a better result. Yeah, the, there is no later also. Same, same yeah. result. Yeah. 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 Basically, I think we have to have kindness within ourselves and in our inner relationship and, and kindness to others, and the results are great. Even though sometimes the, the, the answer can be hard. Even stories within the kindness in their self, that that results can be in a, in a positive way. The consideration about the um, just the other other energetics coming in, because what happens is, as we all know, is that the energetics come in and just knock us unconscious, we, so we don't even know what we're doing. And if we looked at it later or looked at it from a different perspective, perspective, we could see, well, that's, you know, strange, or that's bizarre. Why was I doing that? And then, of course, we have to jump in and defend ourselves because, of course, we were doing it because we were right or something like that. But, but the thing is that the, the first thing that ego does is knock us unconscious. The first thing. So we have we don't know what kindness is, or we have a distorted. You can observe the impulse. Observe the, the impulse. They say you observe the impulse. You you see that you acting out, and then you feed the impulse. Go back yeah. and yeah, observe yourself. What I'm talking about is no observer. You're talking mm -hmm. about an observer. I'm talking about usually we have no observer. Gets knocked out first. That's the first thing that gets taken out is the observer. Then there's no observing the impulse. There's just the impulse, and then later we can look at the results. Like you said, was it a good gig or what are the mm. results? What's the audience say? But the moment when we're acting, usually it's without observer. 
So the practice, of course, is to have an observer, and then you can observe the impulse. So that's our practice. Yeah. There is cycling the impulse. Usually we have a pattern, and that pattern repeats. You observe the impulse, sometimes you won't observe it when it's acting out already. Many times you're going to knock out. But it's repeating almost every day, if, if not every five minutes. <laughs> 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 then you have to observe it's it. It's to us when it happens, though. What it happens is you, yeah. you feel it out, you feel body out. And then, next time you start to feel, okay, what was the symptoms with this burning in my abdomen, this, you know, shallow breathing, this... My eyes start to burn, you know. Everybody has a particular tick when you start to burn in, you know. <laughs> and then you have to start to look your your body, your body um, expression. But somebody can tell you, you know. Every time you have that, you have this expression, you know, yeah. in your in your women's group or men's group. Then you notice the exterior of of the impulse, the the the, the cycling pattern. Then you can go to the next level that that is the emotional. And then you can see that something is going on emotional out there. Even with mind is creating everything, we're supposed to observe mind, you know, but there's so many layers that you have to cut day by day, one by one, until you really can see what is happening inside. But it's, it's a matter of self-observation. It seems to me that, that responsibility is, um, like day-to-day responsibility is not the issue here so much. Like. I mean, it's a group full of very responsible people in terms of, like, the meals are always cooked, and the... Always on time. Maybe five minutes late, but... but and the bills are, you know, whatever. Like, all the, the, the basic things are really handled, and that, that with um, everything that I've heard people say, and, and the input that Lee has given, it's like, it's really time for, for us as a group to, to take our responsibilities into the emotional right. domain and into the domain of self-observation and yeah. and um, and really like work you know this this whole thing about familiarity breeding contempt like that is that that to become familiar with another person mm-hmm. means to start treating them badly mm-hmm. and and with with contempt with anger with mm-hmm. it's like you know I mean, in a, in a relationship, you know, in a marriage, um, the person who gets the most, you know, the best and the worst is the one that you're closest, closest to. But um, so I, I would I would suggest kind of turning this in that direction right now of, of really like considering familiarity and how it is breeding contempt and and like what do we really want to do about that and and. If this is true, I mean, it's, you know, throughout time we can see that this is, you know, being human, this is this is what happens, and, and so what are we going to do about that? And, I mean, I could, I could tell you, like, you know, just off the top of my head, like, you know, a list of things that I've seen or, or things that have, have, have been really painful for me in, in, in how we treat each other here. And... And how it's and how it's different when visitors come in, and and I think um, that it's. I think that's the domain that we need to, to really be looking at our relationships with each other, and and you know how how we kick each other really. 
when uh, Lee was talking to me in the afternoon to talk about responsibility. Um, well, actually, it was after that. It was right after that. I think it was the next weekend we went to Toulouse and the Source Blue, and he just started in about. And I can't remember. I have lots of notes. Actually, we should we should use them after dinner talk soon. But um, one of the things he said was that it doesn't matter how much you're practicing on the outside and working. You could be working from morning till night, but if you're not practicing internally, none of that means anything. And for me, that's I mean that's really like where it's at for me right now. Mm -hmm. It's not working from 5 in the morning till 2 in the morning and then going to bed for a few hours. It's about starting to find out inside who am I and what am I doing? You know, what what, what are my actions? What do I look like? Um, what are the conversations? What are the conversations? Where's my center? Um, what, what are my motivations? What is this? What am I creating? That was a question. What is this? You know? What, what does people say about me when I'm not in the room? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he keeps saying it over and over again. Over the, over the years, he keeps saying that 99% of what happens is completely in, in the invisible domain. And that, so, so that everything that we're involved in with, like you said, physical responsibility, just... Um, you know, washing the dishes, putting stuff away, cleaning the toilets, all that stuff, that is only 1% of where we really need mm -hmm. to be responsible. And if we start there because it's physically obvious and easy to get feedback, and so the other areas it's more difficult to get feedback and also more threatening to get feedback because it's invisible. And yet that's where our internal work is, is with that invisible stuff. I think you can hold it in. in, in. What, what is, yeah, energetically, what is uh, Bhakti Yoga and his faith? Say it again. Bhakti Yoga and his faith, devotion to the Guru. If you keep in tension and your faith as the level you can work, if you keep doing your practices, good or very good or not so good, but you put your intention all the time and your faith. I know that for me that's really scary to be like at the point where I am. I'm like, you know, there are days when I'm just going, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this this next level. And um, what I can say is that the um, the Aikido and the um, classes with Raul is really helping me. Mm -hmm.